Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to this edition of the John Pavoloni Show. Today, we have Melissa on. How's it going, Melissa? Good. Hi, John. Good to uh, be on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Can we uh, maybe start off with you uh, telling us about who you are, what you do, and how you got here? Wow, that's a pretty long question, but I will try my best. Okay. All right. So I, my name is Melissa Tong, and my company is called Duck Punk Productions, an award-winning creative marketing and content production company. So what we do is we work with businesses to build a brand, drive sales, and win more customers by way of storytelling. Meaning if it's going to take seven touches for you to close the sale. Normally, we're going to help you get there in three or four touches so you can save time, money, and energy. And that's putting more money back in your pocket. How I got there, I started as a newscaster um, back like 20-something years ago. And I was on a job for four years. They gave me a five-minute human interest segment every day because I was the newest addition in the newsroom. So they said, okay, we don't want you to cover any hard news, but you know, you got five minutes, go and you know, find an interesting story and then bring it back you know, to the audience. So every day I would go with a different cameraman and we would shoot different, you know, um, different stories, you know. So in the four years I was on a job, I've done everything from beauty, health, technology, science, uh, movie premieres, red carpet events. I even went to Star Trek convention twice, sat on a captain's chair doing my intro and outro. So that was a lot of fun and ended up interviewing thousands of people from all walks of life and crafting over 1200 stories. So that's how I got started. In fact, wow. yeah, 20 something years later, I'm still doing storytelling. Yeah, I mean, well, that's kind of the marketing for today. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yep, you got that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, again, like, was it like growing up, did you envision yourself doing this or did you kind of fall into it? It's a funny question. Um, no, I never, I never envisioned myself doing this, although. Growing up, because I I am the eldest grandchild um, on both sides, so I when I when I was young, I remember you know sitting there watching all the adults carry on with the activities, right? Right. And they were talking among each other, so I was always listening to their stories, and I don't know why, but I could tell if they were telling a real story. Or telling a made-up story as a kid, you know. I guess at, when, when you're a kid, you just somehow you just know, right? So I just remember, wow, you know, like this person saying this, that person saying, okay, is that real? No, that's not real. Okay, that's real. All right, so try to just listen and just basically just having fun. And little did I know that I would edit, actually ended up, you know, working as a storyteller. And my mom, she loves telling stories. I mean, she could go on for hours if not days <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> yep that's awesome and um where are you from like where are you out of i am based in los angeles right now i was born and uh, raised in hong kong before i moved to the states in 1991. oh wow okay so nine, that's pretty cool yeah um, i've been here 31 years yeah in hong kong oh, i'm sorry hong kong I focus on that. Los Angeles is quite expensive. Los Angeles, it's, yeah, Los Angeles, it's not um, a very friendly city. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> like, you don't have money, let's put it this way. I don't want to say whether it's expensive or cheap, but yeah, the living standards are, living standards are higher and the housing market is, is pretty high right now. Yeah, so... Yeah. But definitely interesting. So with that being said, um, so what, like, hmm, what was I going to say? Like, why Los Angeles, if you don't mind me asking? Like, what? Oh, no, not at all. So, and, and there's a story in this. You, you know that, right? Oh, of course. That coming, right? So when I was a little girl, I always wanted to go abroad to study. And this was when I was probably, um, I would say maybe five or six, I was in kindergarten. And my dad used to work for EverReady, the battery company. Yes. 
So he that one year he brought home um, a calendar and it has all the U.S. cities, you know, in the calendar. And I was flipping through and trying to learn how to, you know, say the cities in English. And one city was Los Angeles. And I didn't I didn't know L.A. back then as a kid. So I stopped at that page and I asked my dad, I said, oh, what city is this? And my dad said, oh, it's, it's called Los Angeles. It's one of the biggest cities, you know, in the U.S. And I never really paid too much attention about it. And I thought, okay, cool. That was it. And then years later, when I finally ended up in L.A., I think back to the moment and, and, um, and I still, you know, get chills sometimes when I talk about this. So in a way, my destiny was, was already pre, predestined, I guess. So subconsciously, I guess somehow I knew. That's why I stopped at that page. Um, I never stopped at any other cities but L.A. And I ended up living in L.A. And still, I mean, you know, gone to L.A. and still living in L.A. as of now. So, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. It's an interesting story, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, like, uh, you obviously have your own business and all that stuff like that. Uh, but growing up, let's be honest, growing up, I'm sure we were all taught the same thing, you know, go to school, get a good education so you can right. get a good job, yada, yada, yada. And um, did that ever work for you? Or did you know you wanted to be entrepreneurial? No, I didn't. So it worked for a while. I mean, I I worked several jobs, you know, um, after I finished school. So my first job, so I actually worked one year before I came to the States. So the year that I worked when I was in Hong Kong, I, I had three jobs. So I worked as a stage manager because I was a music composition major. So I worked at a stage manager um, and then I worked in a TV station um, on the programming in the programming department, um, uh, censoring shows. And then my last job before I came was working as a DJ for musical channel in a broadcasting, um, you know, radio, you know, radio station. And then I came here, I got my master's degree. And after I finished, um, I got, like I said, I got a job as a TV news anchor reporter and producer. And after that, I worked on a CBS show called Martial Law. It's a scripted primetime scripted show um, on a Saturday night. So I did that for two years. Um, and then I finally started my company in 2000. So I worked, yeah, so I worked for a while, but then I realized that, you know what, it, it's very difficult to to share the same vision you have with your boss. Right. And if they don't agree with, with what you think is best for the company, then nothing is going to happen. So, and... I guess one of the perks of, of a firstborn, you know, I mean, child in the family is, you know, you're pretty headstrong. So yeah. although I, as a girl, I'm still pretty headstrong. So at the time I, I thought, well, you know what, you know, it, it, this, this is not really, it doesn't really align with what I, what I see and I might as well just strike out on my own and see where my luck will take me. And 22 years later, I'm still standing. So I guess I made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So now here's the thing, right? Even when you started, I'm sure it was scary, right? Because when, it's for anybody. Right. Right. So that now when you're going through that, because I mean, you know, like you said, you started off with a job, you started off working. So you used to have that constant income. Correct. Right? Without worry or without panic. And, yes. you know, then now you're going on your own. Now, and all of a sudden, even when you're working, sometimes you don't get paid right away. Sometimes, you know, yeah, later exactly. on. Yep. So, I'm waiting for a check that, <laughs> you know, that, that I, that I, a job that I did, you know, more than three months ago, I'm still waiting for the check to come. So, yes, <laughs> sometimes yeah. you don't get paid right away. Absolutely. But I think ultimately, I truly believe that each one of us are here for a reason. And I do think that we have a calling that we could answer. It's up to you whether you want to answer or not, right? Right. Choice. 
But if you choose to answer your calling, and I do believe that whatever that is, if you, like I said, if you choose to listen to it and, and answer it, then somehow the universe will find a way to support you to do that. And that's what I believe. Makes sense. See, but where I was going with it also was the fact that even through all this struggle and all this fear, there comes a moment in our career or life where all of a sudden the stress is still there, but mm -hmm. we're okay with it. We feel fine. It's what I call that aha moment where it's like, aha, yes. okay, I'm where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel exactly. good about this. Yes. What so, was that moment for you? Well, I mean, I, there are always moments that we'll, we'll feel like, oh, when is the next gig going to come, right? When is the next check's going to come? I mean, 22 years in, that feeling will never go away. But yet, I'm still doing it because I believe this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Now, if I were to give you a ha moment, that was probably a few years ago. Because after I started my own company, I was doing a lot of TV commercials and branded content for some of the Fortune 100 companies before. And I was focusing on telling the story, but just on video in terms of the delivery format. And I was doing that for like, you know, easily 15, 17, close to 20 years. And then a few years ago, I looked back at my career and I was thinking, okay, I, I love what I do. But it's them, it's them more, right? So, I mean, we all ask ourselves this question in different stages in your life. Okay, is there more, right? So that's when I was asking myself, okay, is there more? Is that it? Is, 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 is this like it for me or there's more? So then I realized, wow, there is more because why am I limiting myself to just doing storytelling on video? where I could help so many more different types of businesses do storytelling with or without video. That was my aha, that's, that's when my aha moment came. And then when I realized that I was like, okay, let me try it and see if it's gonna work, right? If it's not gonna work, then forget about it. So I tried it, I did a, I first started a, a storytelling seminar. So one of my students, tripled his business in three weeks. I was like, wow, this is working. <laughs> so and then I kept on trying and it's like, wow, this actually has a lot of value. And uh, one of my clients quadrupled their sales in three months. So now I work with businesses in, in all industries and in all different sizes, because my goal is to educate, inspire and teach business owners, regardless of the size of your business, the power of storytelling and how to truly apply it in your business to build your brand, drive sales and win more customers. Right. Which is good. Like that, that is great. Like, so with that being said, I'm going to ask you the opposite. Now, what was the biggest struggle through all this and how did you overcome it? The biggest struggle would be trying to find a next client. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you're working on your own, you can relate. I never know when my next client will be and, and who will come to the door and say, hey, Melissa, you know, I want you to work with me for the next, you know, month, three months, six months, right? So that's a constant struggle. Um, but like I said, you know, I truly believe that storytelling, it's my calling. And I'm here to, to use storytelling to help people do a better job at connecting and especially connecting with their prospects and turning them into customers quicker. And so the struggle become, the struggles become easier. You know, I don't let it get to me. So I, I would say, yeah, it is constantly there, but I just, you know, I believe that this is where I'm supposed to be and this is where I belong and I just keep plugging at it. Makes sense. Now, I'm sure there's a process to all this. Like when someone wants to work with you, 
and they want to, uh, you know, get your, your help on all that. I mean, I'm sure it's more than, you know, like once you got the phone call, you, you know, you have to, uh, you know, there's a process to do this. What is your process is what I mean, I'm asking. Well, because I was a reporter before, so my process is I'm going to interview, interview this person um, pretty in-depth. So it's like I'm giving them an in-depth interview to figure out what, what are some of the key elements um, that I could pull in order to construct and craft a story for the brand. Meaning, you know, I look at everyone's life experiences as, you know, I think that there's a lot of gold in, in people's life experiences. And oftentimes, you know, people will forget something that happened a long time ago. Like, I'll give you an example. So I worked with a CPA once and he said that, you know, he wants more clients, but he doesn't have a lot of traction when he goes to networking events. Because when he starts telling people that he's a CPA, he loves number, loves helping people save money from Uncle Sam, people just slowly you know, walking away. And I say, okay, well, don't you think that's, that's not much of a story? And, and every CPA may say the same thing. And he goes, yeah, you're probably right. So that's why I need help. So I sat with him and I have to tell you, it's very, very difficult to get any information out from this guy. Hmm. Okay, uh, tell me some of your clients. He goes, yeah, they're, they're just normal clients, normal people, nothing too exciting. Say, okay, well, tell me how you start, how you got started. How, how did you get into this business? Oh, like I said, you know, I, I love numbers, you know, and I like helping people save money from Uncle Sam and that's it. I said, okay, well, all right. Let's let's walk down the memory lane a little bit, right? And say, okay, what about college? You know, when you were in college, you know, tell me, tell me, tell me something that you love or something unforgettable. Well, my college years are pretty basic. You know, I I you know I'm a pretty good student. I didn't do anything out of the line. You know, I, I was you know I was you know I followed the rules and. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy happened. I lived at the dorm and blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, what about high school? Did something happen in high school? Tell me, tell me any stories. Again, nah, my parents are pretty decent people. They raised me well. Um, you know, I don't really have any crazy stories I could share with you. And up at this point, I was like, you know, OMG, right? Come on, give me something. I say, what about when you're a kid? Come on, think harder. You, you, there must be something that you can tell me. Come on, you, you're growing up. How can you not have even one story you could share with me? Think harder. I say, we're not going to leave here until you finally tell me at least one story. So we're sitting there, sitting there, and he was thinking hard. And then all of a sudden he said, you know what? There is something, but I totally forgot about it because I never talked about it. I never shared this with anybody and nobody had ever asked me. So I just, you know, I guess I buried this, you know, in, in my, in, deep in my memory. So he said when he, when he was about seven or nine, his father got audited. And he remembers standing there trying to help, but didn't know how to help, of course, he's a kid. And watching his father pacing back and forth the room, trying to get all the paperwork ready. And he was driving the whole family crazy because he was stressing everybody out and nobody knew how to help him. And he was just witnessing that, you know, you know, standing there watching the dad going back and forth and um, driving the whole family crazy. So he said, well, you know, now that now that you asked, you know, I, I remember it was a very stressful time for all of us. And, and we, we didn't like that. So I say, well, that was it. Subconsciously, you already decided that you wanted to be the hero for your dad back then when you were a kid. So that's why you picked accounting. He's like, oh, really? I said, yeah, look at it. I mean, you, you, you couldn't give me anything except, you know, just, oh, you love numbers and you like helping people. Come on. There's a deeper, you know, meaning to all of that. So he said, oh, okay, now I get it. So since then, he's been sharing, sharing the childhood story when he, when he goes to networking events. And people remember his story. So he said, well, if you are already good with your paperwork, then maybe I'm not your CPA. 
But if you want to get better at your paperwork, then you are my perfect client because I'm going to make sure that you are, you know, all your paperwork is already in place and you're ready to go. Even if you get a call from, you know, um, to, 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 you know, the next day. So I want to make sure that I can be your hero because I never got a chance to, to be my father's hero. So that was his story. Wow, that is actually pretty uh, great. Like, what an incredible story. And, and, and I love how you were able to get that out there. But like, you're right. It was not easy. Like I said, it was like pulling teeth. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, right? When you don't know, right? Like, I mean, as an accountant, you're just numbers, right? And like, and you don't know, you wouldn't think of that stuff. Exactly. You never thought about it. Yeah. Right. Which is also why you're good at your job. Because that's exactly what you do is think about that stuff. Right. Because like I said, I pull stuff out from people because in order for me to help them construct a story that can connect with people on emotional level, right? You have to use real life experiences because I, I can't make this up. You know what I mean? Real life. I mean, I say this, you know, quite often. Sometimes real life stories are more crazy than, you know, stories in the movies yeah 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 i get that <laughs> you know it's for real so you know for, for stories like that you know when you tell it and and it's memorable it's, it's unforgettable so maya one angelo said this she said you know people may not remember your name and may not remember what you do but people will never forget how you make them feel so if you tell a story that can make people feel something they'll always remember you yeah, that is very true, actually. Yeah, that, that, yeah exactly. That, that, the good way to put it there. Love this. Love this story. I mean, that was amazing. Like, you know, I, I was not expecting it either. So <laughs> that's great. Oh, I have a lot more. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I, like, have you ever had a challenge where someone was just so difficult that you just said, you know what? I can't. You know what I mean? Like, just no. <laughs> Okay, so I have said no to clients, but not because they were difficult, because I love a challenge. And I'll share this story to illustrate that. So I worked with a heating and air conditioning company once. Originally, they brought me in because they wanted to do a video to showcase their brand, because their uh, competitor, one of the biggest competitors, just did one. So they brought me in. They said, okay, well, we know you've been doing TV commercials for Fortune you know, 500s, and so we want you to shoot a, you know, a really good video for, for us. And I said, okay, what do you want to see in the video? They said, well, we want to show that we are bigger and better than our competitor. I said, okay, well, I don't know if that's the right angle, but we can certainly explore that. They go, okay, well, if you don't think that's the right angle, what do you think is the right angle? I say, I don't know yet. I need to spend some time to figure out what your brand is about. They say, okay, we don't have a brand. You know, we sell heating and conditioning and that's it. And I say, well, you know what? I don't think that's what you really sell. And then they looked at me like I'm an alien from another planet. They go, well, lady, are you high? Like, like we've been selling this for 75 years. And now you're telling us that's not what we sell? Like, I... I don't know. It's like, you know, is something wrong with you? And I go, okay, well, just listen, you know? So I finally sat down with them and then I made them realize that the heating and conditioning units are the tools they use to sell, but it's not what they sell. What they truly sell is comfort. You see, the heating and conditioning units are the tools. So once we once they finally, I, I made them realize that they truly sell comfort, we were, able, we were able to craft a tagline for the company. So the tagline is, no matter the weather, we make it better. You see, so it ties into comfort. So now that we have a tagline, we have the sort of the, the, sort of the arc of the story, which is comfort, then we can dig into, you know, and figure out, okay, what is this story we're gonna tell? So we finally made a story about, you know, um, how about how trustworthy the company is, you know, how reputable the company is because some of the employees have been working there for more than 20 years and how the whole, the whole deal is really about putting more comfort into your home instead of trying to sell you, you know, heating and conditioning units. So it completely changed the way they talk about the business. 
they communicate with their clients and the way they 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 are talking and handling you know prospects so that that changed everything for them yeah very impressive right but i uh, like i like how you say that okay so you like the challenge which is good i like the challenge yes <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know if I feel the same. No, I'm just kidding. Sometimes I do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, uh, what can I say, right? Like, it's uh, one of those things that not a, two pe no two people are alike. And um, right. you got to work with what you have sometimes. Right. And everyone has something different to offer. So yeah, exactly. So I love it. How do you uh, find clients now? Like, what's your prospecting um, plan? Um, I have a lot of word of mouth referrals. Um, at the same time, I do a lot of uh, public speaking. So I have, you know, I speak a lot at um, different events, you know, t telling people, teaching people and telling people the, the concept of storytelling, because a lot of people still have no clue, especially the older generation. They go storytelling, what? So I'll tell you this one joke. So one time I told people that, oh, hi, I, you know, I, I work at, as a storyteller. They go, oh, so I could actually hire you to come and tell stories to my kids? I say, yeah, if you want, but that would be a very expensive session. Um, so, yeah, I do a lot of I do a lot of public speaking and um, I also do a lot of uh, training for big companies um so yeah so training sessions public speaking word of mouth and i also am part of um usc's coaching team for the entrepreneurial program so they they brought me um you know they bring me entrepreneurial clients through the program so i also work with a lot of entrepreneurs because i truly believe that once you have your story figured out it is going to be so much easier for you to start building a brand and, and using that to, you know, um, drive sales. Yes, of course. That, that makes total sense. So, wow. Okay. So, yeah, there's a, I love that. I mean, it's like you said, I think every business and the best business comes from referrals because in a way, like most businesses are about, um, what do I want to say, like about trust, right? People have to know you, like you, and trust you. Correct. And, you know, a form of ad on a, on a, whether it's on a billboard, a poster, or even uh, on, a, on a commercial, does not connect people to you. It uh, like it, like maybe they see your face, or maybe they hear your voice on the radio, or maybe they see a picture, or whatever. But it's really no meaning. Exactly. There's no there's no connection. Exactly. So exactly. what I'm trying to do is is build that connection between a brand and their customers. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's exactly. And that's the thing, right? Through storytelling, people get to know you. And when people tell their story, that's a great avenue. Whether it's uh, they put, you know, it's their introduction on their website, whether right. it's on their YouTube, exactly. whether uh, they put it on Instagram, where, wherever they put it. I mean, it, it. Yep. it's one of those things that because they see you tell your story and they see what you're about, people will find ways to relate to that. Right. And then they're going to want to get to know you. And then that is where the opportunity to build that relationship comes. Absolutely. Yep. You got that right. So that's, uh, that's amazing. I mean, again, let's, let's be honest. In 2022, story building is how you build your brand. That's the first step. I'm so glad you say that because I still run into people who think, oh, well, I've been posting on social media every day. That's storytelling. I say, no, that is nowhere near storytelling. That's just posting. You know, storytelling is such a unique craft. You know, you have to work on it. You, you can't just whip it out from nowhere, right? You see all that work, right? It's like the content story, right? I mean, I worked with him for a couple of sessions to finally get him to realize he has this incident that happened to him when he was a kid. See, and it doesn't, you know, it takes time for, for it to come out. It takes time for him to trust me enough to know that I need something from him to help him build a story. So finally, that, that memory has service. But if we didn't go through, you know, several sessions, we didn't take time to do it, it may never have service, you know? So it, it is a process and, um, and, it is, and, and when it happens, it's really beautiful to witness. I can imagine. I can, uh, you know, totally imagine that. 
Like it's one of those things that um, you know you're right, and, and and that's the thing. People don't take the time. Everybody want. I don't know if you noticed this too, right? Like I, I this is something that I've come across, you know, quite often is where everybody wants something right away. Right, they want it instantly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's why I call Instagram. I call Instagram instant gratification. Yeah. You know I mean, like when I tell people, if you want instant gratification, go on Instagram. You'll get lots of likes and shares there. You know. <laughs> Right, but it doesn't. So, so what? Right, likes and likes and shares. It, it. Are you truly connecting? You see. So I don't really focus on on the likes so much because, you know, at the end of the day, if you cannot truly connect, then your prospects are not going to be, you know, your customers, unless you truly find a way to connect with them. Otherwise, they are just prospects sitting there. Yeah, that's true. And, that, mm -hmm. and I, you know what? Absolutely right. Absolutely. And that's what it comes down to, right? Like, I mean, like, it's if you're not connecting. And again, when was the last time you paid your mortgage with a like or share? Right? Right. And when was the last time you wanted to meet with somebody and get to know that person because they liked your content? Exactly. Yeah. It's all about how you connect. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, what advice would you give to someone who um, is working that nine to five and they want to get out of that nine to five, but they're scared. They don't know what to do. They uh, are worried. They're like, you know, they have the same panic, but they feel they're not brave enough. So they just sit on the sidelines and not do anything, but they're looking for some form of advice to maybe give them the motivation or courage to take the leap. I would say really look at your skill set and figure out what you do best, not what you're good at. Because as women, women are very good at multitasking. And I had the same problem before, identifying what I do best. Because when people ask me, oh, yeah, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, you know, so it's like ended up being a long list of things that I, I can do and I'm good at, right? But what am I best at, you see? And this is a tough question. It, it, it may take some time for you, to, for you to have the answer. So, I mean, it has taken me over 20 years to realize that, yeah, I'm good at video production. I can do it in a heartbeat, right? I'm very good at it. But what I'm really best at is storytelling, you see? So I think until you can truly find what you're best at, you know, um, keep exploring, you know, don't quit just yet. I mean, but knowing that there is something bigger waiting for you, right? So don't lose hope, you know, don't ever think that this is it, but just keep you know, just, just having new experiences because sometimes just having new experiences and stepping outside of your comfort zone will prompt you to, to look at things differently. And then that may help you realize, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was actually very good at this, you know, or, or maybe there is something that you never even thought of um, doing as a business, you see. So ideas can come to you anytime. So, so just be very mindful and be curious. Be mindful, be curious, and, and step out of the comfort zone, try new things, meet new people, and hopefully that will spark um, that will spark something in you that you realize, wow, you know, that is it. You know, that is my calling, and then you can go and pursue it. Great advice, actually. That makes total sense. Now, let me ask you something. Is like you're only, like, you have your business, but do you have any other forms of income? Or is your business like your sole thing? Like what I mean by that is that, for example, like, I mean, I'm a realtor, right? But obviously I have a, uh, an investment, uh, you know, an investment uh, business as well, right? So I invest in other stuff. I invest in real estate. So it's not just right. that I do sell real estate. Now, don't get me wrong. To be clear, I do very well at selling real estate. But I mean, I find a lot of times to be, um, I find a lot of times you have your income to get you where you need to go and your investment gets you to where you want to be. Correct. So right now, my main business is my main source of, in, of income. 
So I don't really have a, a secondary or, or, or a supplementary, you know, um, um, income. But not to say that, you know, you shouldn't do it. I mean, if you have, I mean, like, you know, the famous, you know, Bob Proctor said, you know, people who are very successful have multiple streams of income. And I truly believe that. Um, and I'm actually working on having a different set of, you know, different stream of income. Um, but I mean, it's really a personal choice. And if you can have multiple income to, to support yourself or, or to, or to, you know, help you do whatever you want to do in life. Yeah. By all means, you know, the more the merrier, but if you only have one and it can, you can sustain yourself, then that means you're doing okay too. So it, it's really a personal choice. For sure. Absolutely. And, and that, that's absolutely true too. So I was just curious. That was the curious question. Seeing, yeah, I haven't. You know, I, I do want to get into real estate. I wish that I had done it earlier. <laughs> I, mean, know, I think everybody housing does. Housing prices in so SoCal is really like like impossible to get into. So you know, maybe someday. True. True. Yeah. So, or maybe outside of SoCal. I don't know. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah. So let me ask you now: Where do you go from here? Like what I mean is like you've established your business, you've built every like, you know what I mean? Like you've got a good set of clientele, you have your pro your prospecting, uh, you know, routine, and obviously you know your work and you're good at your work. It's I mean it's evident in in your answers. So, my question is, you know, so what I mean by that is where do you go from here? Like what's the five year plan? What's a five-year plan? Good question. Um, I do hope to um, make an online course. And the reason why I ask, what I say that is because I've been asked by so many people saying, okay, you know, um, I, I, love, I love the idea of storytelling, but I'm just starting out. I don't really have the resources to work with you, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so do you have anything just for me so I can just like start start doing it baby step right so i'm actually in the middle of creating something like that for entrepreneurs or for people who may still have the nine to five right but want to dabble into a new business um and wanting to be wanting to get ahead with the concept of storytelling and want to start utilizing and applying in the business so i'm in the middle of creating something like that um and hopefully it won't take five years <laughs> we'll see <laughs> That's my immediate um, short-term plan. Right, right. Well, that's a good plan, actually. Yeah. That's a good plan. So um, in terms of uh, your current, um, like, you know what? Look, every entrepreneur has a schedule or has some form of thing that they do. Like, what would your typical week look like, your Monday? Like, do you plan things in advance? Like, are you, like, like I have everything in my calendar. I mean, I'm, everything's set out in advance. Um, I, I know what I'm doing, like even as much as three months down the road. And I don't expect everybody to be that, but we're all different. But some people, you know, they kind of fly by the seat of their pants. They don't need the calendar. Some people need it. Some people have a different process. Yeah, I do. I do plan my time. So I put everything in my calendar as well. Maybe I don't plan out three months ahead and put everything on, on my calendar, you know, for three months out. Um, but I do block time on my calendar. Let's say if I want to work on my business, right? Let's say if I want to create a new study, you know, to send to, you know, uh, prospects, then I block out a chunk of time and say, okay, create new study. Uh, or if I need to, you know, do some prospect calling, right? Then I will block out time to do that. Yeah. So for me, you know, I, I think it's good to have some sort of structure because I mean, I have friends who are entrepreneurs and, and, and they don't end up making it because they don't have a structure. And to them, it's to lose, right? Especially now with COVID, everybody's working at home. And if you don't have a structure, you, you could be just sitting there and, and, and goofing off and not getting anything done. So I, I say, you know, as an entrepreneur and, and somebody who owns your own business, it's even more important to actually have some sort of a structure so you can adhere to it and, and not, you know, and, and, and not goof off and actually you know, being able to get some things done. For sure. And I, I kind of had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. I mean, maybe not the way you said it, but I had a feeling, right? I mean, because 
at the end of the day, it is so easy. So easy. To get distracted. It's so easy to have excuses of why you can do something later. Exactly. Yep. Right. And it's like you said, since COVID, there's a lot of work at home. Yeah. It's like everyone is working at home. Right. And then, you know, people have kids, you know, playing and you have to take care of babies and, and feed the family. I mean, there's so many distractions and, and forget, you know, let alone, I mean, even this, just the cell phone itself. Right. It's already a lot of distraction texting, you know, like Facebook, LinkedIn, social media, I mean, everything. So we get distracted very, very easily. Yeah, absolutely. So we all need structure. For sure. Now, we're, you know, going back to what you said with these phones and stuff, right? Do you, like, how do you manage that? How do you handle that? Because I'm sure if you allow it to distract you, the messages are going to constantly come in. Like, how, how do you, like, because, you know, you have your structure, like, some people, for example, will answer their phone at 9 a.m., uh, answer their uh, emails at 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. and anywhere in between, good luck with that. You know what I mean? Like they have a set times of what they look at. Other people, they just pick it up all the time. They're in front of it all the time. They just can't drop it. Now, I'm not saying what's right or wrong. It's different for everybody. Right. So how do you structure that so you don't allow the phone to control you and you control it? Um, so I, I am in front of my computer and I do answer emails, but I do flag emails. Um, if I don't have time to respond to it right away, I flag it so I can go back to it and I assign different colors to my flags. So I know, okay, this is for, for, for this, this is for that. Right. So I'm clear in terms of what the flag is, right. And, and how I should, you know, give it my attention. But at the same time, I turn off my um, my uh, email notification on my phone. Right. So I get way too many emails, and I cannot have email notification on my phone. Otherwise, it would drive me insane. So I turn I turn off mail email notification when I'm in front of my computer. Yes, I see it come in, and if it's urgent, I respond to it. Right. And but yeah, I mean, but I I'm pretty good with because I've been at it for so long. I'm pretty good with setting boundaries for myself right so like for example you know i i i come in in the morning i start right when i'm done i finish i finish unless there's something i need to to like urgently i need to do for the next morning otherwise i don't i don't you know i don't do any work after dinner i try to have you know some quiet and mental space so i can relax my brain and not yeah. think about it and then, then I have the energy and stamina to do it again the next day, right? So I don't try to exhaust myself with, oh my God, you know, I'm I have to be working for twelve hours a day. I think I think you can only do it for a short time, but after a while, you get burned out very easily. So yeah, so I would say try to set you know good boundaries for yourself, so you can manage your time better and be more effective. Makes total sense. Now. How do you know it's been a successful day? A successful day is when I can either change people's conception about storytelling or give them a different meaning of what storytelling is for their business or signing a new client or on or, or something it's just working with a client or seeing results any of those five things would make my day fantastic now as i want to be respectful of the time so what i'm going to do is i'm going to ask you a, another question and then we're going to go into what i call the lightning round just, okay. just a little bit of fun questions sure so the last question i'm going to have is where do people find you? Oh, I'm very easy to find. Um, my name has two L's and two S's. So if you Google Melissa Tall, I pop up everywhere. And my website is duckpunk.net, D-U-C-K-P-U-N-K.net. So all my information, phone number, emails on there. So feel free to you know email me, call me if you have any questions. Yeah, I'm easy to find. Fantastic. So now going into the lightning round, it's just a lot of fun questions or interesting questions. Sure. At least I enjoy them. 
which is uh, going to be, the first one is, what is your favorite food? Wow, what is my favorite food? Can it be a cuisine or it has to be a specific kind of food? Can be uh, whatever you, you enjoy the most. It's totally up to you. Okay, so, um, hmm. so I do like Japanese food, although I'm not Japanese. But a food that I miss is something from back home. And um, it's actually, it's, it's a fried dough. And it's like, it's, it's almost like a churro, you know, a Mexican churro, yeah, but yeah. salty. And okay. churro, it's, it's kind of solid, right? But the ones that, you know, I have, the fried dough, it's hollow inside. So the skin is really, really crispy when they fry it up. Right. And you're supposed to eat it with porridge or, or eat it for breakfast or things like that. So in America, there's no place that would do that well. So I could only get that, you know, when I go back home. So that um, is the food that I miss. I know that's not your question, but somehow that food came to my mind. <laughs> oh, wow, that's perfect, actually. That's unique. That is awesome. Yep. So which is, brings up the second question. What's your favorite vacation spot? Wow. Favorite vacation spot. Um, hmm. And if it's not a place you've gone... Like, where do you really want to go that you haven't done? What I really want to go, um, I really wanted to go to Copenhagen. Never heard that place before. Copenhagen? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I am a big fan of mid-century furniture. Right. Okay. So Copenhagen has a lot of those, you know, mid-century you know, like buildings and furniture places. So I love that. And also I just like, I just like different cultures. And I live in, I like going to different countries and different culture because I want to experience something that I don't get every day at home, right? I don't want to just go to a place where it's, it's very similar because, I, because I'm a creative person. I like to be, you know, I like to get stimulated. If I go to a place that is so different from from my surrounding life, from my daily life, then it gives me a lot of ideas that I can bring back and 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 implementing in my business. So that's why I like to go to places that um, different than the Makes US. Sense. Love it. Now, favorite book. Wow, favorite book. Um, okay, so this is a uh, spiritual book by a by a spiritual guru that's no longer with us and his name is wing dyer the yes. oh you know him yes yes so this book is called i can see clearly now okay what yeah. few years before he passed yeah and that book it's so deep that there's so many stories he shared in the book that when i when i was reading those stories i I had tears in my eyes and, and those are not, those are not sad tears, but it, it was just tears, happy tears, but as well as tears of, of recognition, tears of, wow, I, I can so put myself in his shoes when he was describing a certain moment, right? I can put myself in his shoes, experiencing his feelings. So tears from reading that, you know, instead of, oh my God, I'm crying, I'm sad, not that kind of tears. Right, right. I yeah, understand. So that, yeah. I would say that is my that yeah that is my favorite book so far. Yeah, you know what? His work has touched me in so many ways. I remember the way I came across him is actually a friend of mine um, had picked me up. We were going somewhere. This is many years ago, and he had a CD in his car, and it was it was Wayne Dyer. And right. I remember he loaded it, and he goes, "Oh, I was going to listen to my thing. He goes, oh, I'll change it to music." I go, "No, no, play it." I didn't know what he was going to play, but I'm like, okay, go ahead and play it. Yep. First thing I hear is he says, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Correct. And right away, I, I'm tuned in. And I'm like, forget where we're going. I want to listen to this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, and then, and then it's just been history. I, I went in. And I like, know. He's yeah. really good. I mean, he he's done amazing, amazing work, you know. Um, and, wow, I knew we had something in common. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm very big into personal development. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yep. So that's awesome. Um, okay, so which brings up 
What podcast do you listen to? So, like, what's your favorite podcast? I listen to a lot of spiritual podcasts. Um, I used to listen to a lot of the Oprah, you know, podcasts when, um, you know, um, you know, because he she repurposed a lot of, you know, the clips from the Oprah show and into, into different podcasts, right? So I used to listen to a lot of those. I haven't listened to a lot of those recently. Um, I listen to I listen to Bob Proctor. Yes. You know, I listen to um, Alan Watts. I listen to Michael Singer. Okay. Yeah, I listen to a lot of spiritual teachers um, because I'm very big on, I'm very big on spiritual work, and very big on inner work, and I'm very big on personal development. I believe that you know we're here on a journey, and we're having a a um, let me say this right, we're having a okay, we're spiritual beings having a human experience yes lifetime so i truly believe that and because i believe that i believe you know in in being the best version of yourself on any given day so i'm not comparing myself with anybody else but i do compare myself you know with me today versus yesterday right have i progressed at all today you know in just a tiny 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 way right i mean i'm talking i'm not talking about huge steps but if we can be a little better every day then several years later when you look back you'll see oh wow i have grown a lot as a human being right and there is nothing more beautiful and powerful than growing as a person you know spiritually mentally physically and emotionally I agree with you. You know, and that's the thing. I believe the same thing. I mean, I call that the abundance mindset. Yes. Right. I mean, like your only competition is who you were yesterday. Exactly. Yeah. So I absolutely love it. So, so good. I, I you know, I want to say like, thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, what a fantastic, I love your answers. I mean, I think we have uh, some common ground here. Absolutely. Um, so that's awesome. Again, thanks again. Okay. Thank you. If you like what you saw and you want to see more, subscribe to the link below.